from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Appreciate you all tuning in here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern time right here on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. You know, your word is important. And Floyd Little said a long time ago, the first day I met him, he said, the word is the most valuable thing that you have. And if you don't have your words, you don't have anything. And somebody that I had met a long time ago, uh, back a few years, we built a relationship and it was based on trust and it was based on morals and values and, and doing things the right way. And this gentleman said to me, you know, if you are who you say you are, then yeah, I am who I say I am. I'll be here. You'll be here. And we'll build this, we'll build this relationship over the years. He stayed true to that, and your word is is a very important thing in the world we live in. So with that being said, that's my intro to Tim Lester, the head coach of Western Michigan and former OC and quarterbacks coach at Syracuse, somebody who I value in my life and somebody who's always kept their word. So that's how we're bringing him in. Tim, how are we doing today? I am good, Dan. I appreciate it. The words the word's all you got, man. It's the one thing that stays constant. You control it. Exactly. And, you know, you and I, we talked about that. I said, you ever become a head coach somewhere? You know, I, I want everything. I want to talk about it. I want to be around it and whatnot. And you've stayed true to that. So how is life in Western Michigan? It's good, man. It, it, was, a, it was a frustrating year last year. I mean, we, we you know, had got our quarterback hurt again. I mean, it was just a very unfortunate game nine. Last two years, our quarterback in game nine has gotten hurt. And, and uh, it's hurt us a little bit, but we... We were one one point away from going to the championship. Got to go to a bowl game, which was fun. Um, you know, I think we're growing. You know, the last year was year two, and we're ready for year three to continue to get better. And and uh, but I've been happy with the direction we're going. Year three seems to be that time period where things start to click and and things start to kind of move in the direction that you want to move in when you're a new head coach that comes in. Do you get that sense? Do you get that? kind of vibe that pulse in the environment at Western Michigan that year three could be that, that piece for you? Uh, for sure. I mean, where I know statistically, if you look at it, you know, I'm a math guy and I, I love stats. Um, I mean, we have a lot coming back. We're actually number one in the country in returning production and returning and touchdowns and tackles. And uh, so you have a lot of experience. I finally have, I had uh, what, 10 seniors my first year, nine seniors my second year this year, I'm up to 20 seniors, which is what you'd like to see. And, um, so a lot of those things that you're trying to overcome in your first two years of not having um, you know, guys not understanding the system or guys not really having the trust that it truly needs them to have a championship run, um, you know, all those things have been addressed over time. And, uh, and you know, it's, it's, it's exciting. You know, been through the ups and downs. And uh, we've always been found a way to win. But, uh, we, you know, we want to win in a big way around here. And when you see, you know, what Western Michigan has been, I mean, obviously it's it's near and dear to your heart, and it's always been that way, you know, with your connection back as a player. But, you know, how has the community kind of received you back and, and, and been towards you now that you step in to year three? What has that been like? Because 
there is that special connection. I mean, obviously, I covered Scott Frost, too, when he was at UCF, and then he returned home to Nebraska, so to speak, to his alma mater. And so, you know, I kind of look at those parallels with you and, and with other coaches around the country. When you get to do something like that, it's special to you. But how how is the community? I mean, is it kind of like a son coming home type of feel? It is. And I, and I talked to Scott Frost about that when I saw him last year, right right when he had made his decision. And, um, you know, it is a different type feeling because uh, you, you wore the same uniform, you know, that that everybody, you know, that your players wore, you know, and you've you've been in the same weight room and been in the same uh, town and every, everything you went through, your your memories. I mean, you are a product of what has happened to you. And so it's very unique. Uh, when there's such a huge part of, of myself that was built here and um, where, where my players are, are, are being molded. And um, so it is. It's fun, and it, it, uh, the, the fans have been great. You know, obviously we came in, we took over pretty much an undefeated team, and we lost everybody from it. And, and, and we've been, you know, we were able to not fall apart and hold it together for a year and then build on it last year and continue to get it back to where it needs to be. And we just need to get it consistently be great. And, and, uh, but the support in the city of Kalamazoo has been fantastic. I think people at, at Syracuse saw that last year when they came, you know, and we just announced we're going to have Pitt in here. We're going to have Syracuse come to this town. It's a, it's a small town in Southwest Michigan. That's a unique place. You know, a lot of companies here, a lot of people live and raise families here uh, and, and they love football. So it's a, it's a fun little stadium that, that we get, we get cranking on Saturday afternoons. And uh, it's fun when we get some of the, some of the power five schools that come into town and see, see what we have to offer. And you had a little bit of a, uh, a barn burner when you faced off against Syracuse, the team that you uh, used to be at as the OC and the quarterbacks coach last season for 2018 on August 31st, that Friday night, 55 to 42. I know we talked about it a little bit, but just what you could say about, you know, going back to that game and, you know, playing against the power five and knowing in your case with a team that has a high powered offense under Babers that you were able to get 42 there. And this game went back and forth. I mean, you guys were in it for the majority of the game. Yeah, they came out. I mean, it came down to dang Eric Dungey, one of the kids I love more than anything in the world. And, and we came, we had to stop him, and we couldn't. Uh, we, we we were trying to limit it when we tried to load in the box. He, he made us pay in the pass game when we were trying to double team Custis. He he hurt us with his legs, you know. And and, and it was the same thing, same problem that everybody had. You know, I had I had the. Uh, uh, you know, the luxury or the, the opportunity to go out and spend uh, three days last month with Dabo down in Clemson. And, and we had a lot of talk about how happy we were that Eric was graduating. <laughs> and because uh, he is a pain in the uh, highest form possible as far as uh, compliments saying you're a pain. Because, uh, you know, you pretty much take a game over. So, you know, it was tough. We, we hit him pretty good. Our, our, our junior strong safety got him in the ribs once and it shook him a little bit when they had the lead early in the third. And they... They sat him down, which allowed us back in it. And uh, but yeah, it was it was a great game. I knew we we were going to match up at certain places well, and it was going to come down to a couple key matchups to see could we slow them down offensively. And, and the answer was no. And uh, and we got our offense going and tried to chase and catch up in a, in a shootout. But it's gonna it's hard to beat Dino. It's hard to beat that offense in a shootout type game. You know, and uh, and we got you got to you got to try to stay out of those games when you play Syracuse because they can do a better name by. And when you look at this, speaking here with Tim Lester, the head coach of Western Michigan football, not only did you play Syracuse this past season, but you will play Syracuse this upcoming season, 2019, 
returning the favor and heading to the Dome on September 21st and just announced yesterday. So coming off the heels of that, Western Michigan has agreed to continue to play Syracuse, and there will be a game September 26th and 2020 where Syracuse will come back and visit you at Western Michigan, and on September 9th of 2023, you will go to Syracuse. So just what your thoughts are, you know, old stomping grounds, so to speak, and you know, what's, you know, why have this? I know you talked about the Power Five, but, you know, this is a team that you used to, you know, you used to be with. You know, you obviously you brought in Eric Dungy, you recruited for this team, you coached with this team. What was the importance for you to kind of build this bridge back? Because some coaches leave and they don't remake that bridge or remake that connection, yet you're going to have four games altogether between Western Michigan and Syracuse. Why have the series? Yeah, it's ironic because the first the first set of games, uh, the one last year and the one this year, weren't set up by me. Uh, they were set up before I got here, and I don't know where the connection came from. Obviously, when I got here, uh, first guy I hired was Drew Robinson, my director of football operations. He's our assistant AD in charge of football operations. So, uh, you know, we have taken over the scheduling, and obviously, he has he went to Syracuse. He is a Syracuse grad, so he has a major connection with them, and and we're always trying to find. You know, power, uh, power five guys that that we have a chance to, to bring in here. You know, so we, we ask everybody, and, and and Syracuse is willing to do it. They came in, and, and I think they enjoyed their trip here. I think they appreciated the the atmosphere that they were in when you're going to a group of five away game. You wanted to make sure that you're you're doing a good job of, of picking places that are going to help your guys be ready for ACC environments. You know, and uh, and I definitely think ours is, is good for that. And um, so once once we had success this year, you know, I think that's when the, the, the talks began of hey, this works. We didn't set up the first one, but hey, you you know you want to set this up again at uh, home and home and uh, be great for our guys when we get to go see the dome. I can't tell my players about how cool the dome is right now. They've never seen it. They're they're about to here in a couple months, but uh, you know. And then then Pitt was willing to do the same thing, so we actually signed a home and home with Pitt too. So it's uh, it's uh, it's an exciting time. They're challenging games for us, and our guys love it. They get up for them. They get excited about them, and it's a chance to play against an ACC opponent. So that's that's always exciting for our, our guys. And then for you, you know, like you said, having Pitt with the home and home, you know, Pat Narduzzi is somebody obviously you've had an opportunity to be around. So, I mean, what do you think about going up against, you know, him as a coach and kind of what he's done? Yeah, he's, I mean, their defense is special now. I mean, it's uh, him and him and Chafe, you know, back in the day, they started running this attack 4-3. And I think they were at Rhode Island at the time. This is in the early 90s, 80s, you know, and then they brought it to Northern and then, Obviously, then they split, and one went to Cincinnati and to Michigan State, and out of Pitt, and and then Shafe jumped around too. So it's it's uh, these are kind of the the, the the godfathers of that of that defense, you know. And so you know what you're going to get. It's not going to be all that complicated, but you know they're going to be great at running it, and and so it's 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 going to be a battle. And uh, obviously, well. You know, Coach Narduzzi and I have, have been friends, and and it'll be a great challenge. We don't we don't recruit against them a ton. We you know we've been out there a little bit in that direction, but uh, you know it'll be it'll be fun for us to get out there and, and let our players play at a place like Heinz Field, and, and it'll be. Our, our, I really you think about what are we getting out of it? What do our players get out of it? What does our town get out of it? Our players get a unique opportunity, and our town gets a chance to bring an ACC team in here, and and, and they get to. You know, come on our field and play. So it's a; those are great. They're they're 
you know, they're, they're not easy to find, but when you can find that was well, something that works for both sides, uh, I think it's a very healthy thing for, for a school like us to have matchups like Pitt and like Syracuse. That coming from Tim Lester, the head coach of the Western Michigan football team. Uh, Tim, I, be, I, I, you definitely can do this now, and, and I don't know if you have, but with Dungy being all wrapped up, because we talked about the fact that in the world we live in, when you when you're not coaching somewhere, you can't talk with the players, and even if you're friends with them, even if you're close with them, it doesn't matter. You have to wait until they're all set and done. I just did a thing called Project Dungy. That was a three-part series that featured his mom, his dad, his brother, and his sister, and then ultimately concluded with with Eric getting on the air and, and giving his thoughts this week on everything. What can you say about it? I mean, I brought up to the family, I brought up to Cindy and Tim about, you know, you and recruiting and every chance you could go over there legally and recruiting. You were out in Oregon. They said, you know, he burned all of his time coming out to Oregon. And, you know, we talked a lot about your connection with Eric and how special that was and how, you know, you're the reason why he's at Syracuse, why he went to Syracuse. So just what you can say about, you know, the the bittersweetness of bringing him in and coaching him up and, and, and connecting with that family the way that you did and then having to kind of wait until you get to talk with him again. Yeah, that's always it's one of the things that I think uh, I think it's smart that the rules exist because there are some coaches that would use their connection with like the ability to call Eric and try to recruit him away or something like that or talk, hey, talk to this guy. Like I could see that I understand why the rules in place, but it does stink when you when you truly care about someone and you recruit them and you have a relationship with them and you've coached them and then you go somewhere else and you're not allowed to, not allowed to talk to him. I talked to him actually, him and David Blah, who was my quarterback at Purdue. Uh, I've been in contact with both of them, just really wishing them well and, and just let them know that, uh, you know, they both thanked me for the work I've put into them. And I thank them for all the work they put in, put forth for me. And, um, you know, and I just told them if there's anything I can do, this, this is what you do it for. I mean, they're both going to have a chance to, to get into an NFL camp, whether they're drafted or not, doesn't matter. Uh, if, if they get drafted, great, but they're going to get into an NFL camp, which is their dream. And that's what's that, that, that's very unique. You're, you're in such a small percentage of people that have made it to this point. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to wish them both well, and they both called and checked in from time to time and, and they're both being trained. They got good people training them. If I wasn't a head coach, I would be there training them if I could, but I can't. Uh, but it seems like they're both in good shape and approaching it the right way. And it's, it's an exciting time. I'll, I'll never forget it when I had the opportunity. And, uh, and I'm excited for both those guys, and they've earned it. What can you say about what the NFL is getting with these two gentlemen if, if a team is, is willing to take that chance? Yeah, they're different players. I mean, Dungey is uh, – because funny, I, I recruited David to Syracuse, and, and we all we were one of the first teams to offer him, and then Purdue offered him, and we – Purdue got like in about a week ahead of us. So I knew both of them. The thing about Eric that's going to be interesting, I think, is his his ability to make plays with his feet. Now he has to continue to protect himself, and that's going to be his number one. That was his number one hang-up when he was in high school. I mean, you could ask Tim, you can ask Cindy, you can ask Eric. When I watched his high school film and he was jumping and trying to hurdle people on third and 18 for a four-yard gain to make it fourth and 14, I would go nuts and I'd call him and be like, dude, stop jumping. <laughs> you're going to lean in. You're going to get yourself knocked out. And, and sure enough, it's happened many times. And he's like Rocky. I can, He's like Rocky in a football form. Like he's the toughest sucker ever that you want on your team. And I don't know if that will that will transition, but the ability to run around and to, to be accurate with throwing the ball on the run 
to be tough as nails. I mean, I think he can play multiple positions. Right now there's a guy at, and I don't know what number he is, I think he's a third-string quarterback for the Saints um, that they're using as a, like a wide-out tight end slot back, but he's still a quarterback. You know, like I think Eric, with his athleticism, brings so much to the table for an NFL team um, that I could see if people are looking at the Saints and seeing what they're doing with whoever his name is. I think he's oh, wait, T- Taysom Hill, yeah. That's him. Yeah, from BYU, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, I just love watching what they're doing with him because they're getting value out of their third-string quarterback to do different things and play on special teams. And, and uh, you know, that's where I think Eric can really increase his, um, you know, his his value. And uh, and the other guy's like Drew Brees. He's a, he's a shorter, strong arm, really smart, out-thinking, not going to run around. He's, but he's also a, the heartbeat of a team type guy. But you're getting A-plus people, A-plus character people. And uh, those are the people that I try to recruit. I like to be around them, um, and they're they're fun to watch grow and root for. You know, that's the, I'm I'm just like a fan now, like a super fan for Eric and and for David, and it's going to be fun to watch these next couple weeks. That coming from Tim Lester. Tim, before I let you go, Western Michigan, like you said, you got a bunch of seniors coming back, and you know, in the 20s now, as opposed to what you've had the last couple of years, and you've been building something, building upon something, and 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 working to create you know, continued success at Western Michigan. What can you tell me about the future? What can you tell me about what's coming up? You just got out of spring ball. So, you know, what, what are your takeaways from spring ball? You know, I, I really like where we're at. You know, I think the biggest thing I'm trying to do is is put as much attention as humanly possible. We're very fortunate to have have a lot of good players and experience on the on the offensive side of the ball. A lot of success on the offensive side of the ball. We've, we've put a lot of emphasis on our defense and, and putting some – you know, some, some of our better players, best players over there, because uh, I really feel to to continually win championships and have a great defense. I mean, you look at Alabama, you look at Clemson, you know, I mean, that's what they do. And, uh, so we've really focused the last two years recruiting, and we bring more defensive players in than offensive players um, to really try to create depth on defense, which is a rare thing in college football. And I really believe next year will be the first time we have depth on defense. We're pretty much too deep. We can rotate them through every couple plays, uh, keep them fresh and keep them attacking, and that, that's hard to do. But you got if it's something that's important to you, get it done. And I feel like next year will be the first year that offensively we're going to be the same. We got the same guys coming back, but defensively I think we're going to uh, kind of double our forces. We we redshirted a huge group of people, talented guys, uh, all to get to the point where we felt like we could throw waves at people. You know, I was talking about 2012. When I was at uh, Syracuse and we played Florida State, the year they won the national championship, their defense was so deep, and they'd come in waves. There's nothing you could do about it. I know Jameis Winston was a good quarterback too, but that defense was special. And then, of course, playing Clemson a bunch of times, uh, that that's what makes them special is that they're talented, but they're deep. And, uh, and we've tried to do that, and I think this would be the first year that I think people start seeing that. That coming from Tim Lester. And, and, and Tim, for you, you know, just kind of in closing here, just what you can say about what this road has done for you. I started the conversation in saying you're a man of your word, and you've stayed true to that. You know, you've you've been there for me since day zero, and I, you know, and and that's something that you know people don't forget. I don't forget. So for you, as you've gone through your time and, and you kind of bounced around to different places, not everybody gets an opportunity to, to be a head coach, and it's a very very tough thing to do. You know, it's a tough thing to get to. It's a tough thing to sustain. So just what you can say about your road to where you've gotten to right now and just kind of, you know, what your thoughts are. 
Well, I think, um, you know, the biggest thing for me is I, I think that I, I, I got to be a head coach at my alma mater mainly, you know, because I, I wasn't, it wasn't my sole purpose. You know, my purpose was always to care about kids, teach kids. You know, I, t- I talk about all the time how, um, you know, the, there's, there's multiple types of coaches. There's the ones that are teachers that would do it for, for no money. And I, and I really feel like, uh, you know, by doing it the right way, I've, I've gotten some breaks. I've gotten a lot of things go my way and had the opportunity to come here and, and, um, you know, it was the Phil Fulmer story, you know, when he, it was 1999 when he was the first uh, coach that got paid a million bucks. And, and I'll never heard, never forget Joe Paterno thought it was the worst thing that could ever happen. Everyone kind of looked at him like it was crazy. Because why, why would it be bad that coaches are making that much money? But Paterno said, this is the beginning of the end. You're now going to see people get into coaching to make money. And when we used to get into it, all the people that got into it is like ones that cared about kids and like teaching. And, uh, and now you kind of got a 50-50 split, and, and we're going to continue to care about our players and do it the right way. And, and uh, you know, the key is, you know, the good Lord's not going to wake me up someday, and I'm going to make sure I've done it the right way, you know, along whenever that day comes. I'm going to make sure we've done it the right way. And so it's it's fun to come to work and work with these guys. They know when you really care about them. They're smart. And uh, and it's been, a, it's been a blessing to be here back at my alma mater and work with these guys. And if you look at it that way, then I think it's um, – you know, it makes you enjoy life. It makes you put more effort and put your heart into into, uh, into your players, and uh, and things you know tend to you kind of make your own luck, I believe. And uh, you know, so it's been fun. And even even watching you and and really anybody, if you, you treat people the right way, and you can tell who who the good people are, and you just continue to root for them, and you hope great things happen to those people. And I definitely. Appreciate that. One of those good ones is coming up next that you know very well. Joe Adam will be on the show. DeAndre was on this week as well. And you brought up God. I mean, I've spoken with the guys about this before. And, and I say on the show, you can believe in anything. All listeners are welcome. We don't all have to have the same beliefs. We're a, we're, we're a mixed pot, you know, we're a mixed bag, so to speak. But I do believe in God and he does direct my ways. So I want to end with that, just, you know, your faith and the importance of that to you, because you say do things the right way. And I think that when you have morals and values and you come to those crossroads of, oh, I could get away with this and cut a corner, you don't because of God, because of your faith. So just to speak on that. Yeah, you know, we, 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 always, talk, we always talk around here in faith, family, football. <laughs> And, uh, and we talk about foundation and the biggest thing is, you know, what I do is I, I bring my whole team in and, and I'm much like you. I don't, you know, I, they can have faith. That I, I would like them to be men of faith. Um, now who, who and how they choose to do that is on their, their dime. They can choose to do it however they want to. Uh, but I am come up from, uh, this year it was D Eskridge and I, and I put a football, I put it on the ground and I ask him to stand on it. And it's hilarious to watch a, a Division One athlete try to stand on a football because they're not very—they're uh, not made to have much balance. And uh, and I try to show them like your your foundation of your life cannot be football. It does not—it's not sturdy enough. It can't get you through all the good and the bad times. Um, you need to have uh, a very strong family and faith have to be the foundation of what you. Now football is going to make it great. We're going to build a house of football on top of that foundation. But uh, but the foundation itself has to be bigger. And um, it's a great visual for our guys to see and, and uh, really understand. And, and like I said, they're still developing. They're 18 to 22-year-old kids that have a lot of options in front of, their, in front of them every single day. And you just got to model the way. 
and uh, you know, it's it's fun to watch them respond and get to know me, and I and me get to know them, and, and it's amazing once you have that relationship built. Uh, you know what what you can do as a as a group once there's a mutual respect. That coming from Tim Lester, Western Michigan head football coach, and I love that standing on a football because. It's a rocket, you know, it's not an easy foundation to stand on. You need something else. Great message, great way to conclude today. Tim, as always, you know, I appreciate it. I know you got a busy day ahead. I know you got I know you got recruiting coming up as well. So God bless with everything and as always keep in touch. God bless you, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, right. man.